In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Welcome, everybody, to part two of our Gattaca conversation. We rejoin myself and Sarah as we discuss why and how Vincent gets into believing he could be one of the, quote, valids. Enjoy. This is when Vincent decides he's going to go out on his own, take himself out of his own family life, um, and attempt to uh, get into this Gattaca space program. And uh, unsurprisingly, based on this world, uh, as close as he gets as himself is being a janitor in the facility. And this is when we see good old Ernest Borgnine, um, who we've talked about from Black Hole. I actually kind of, I, he's, and he's in um, Poseidon Adventure as well. Um, yeah, I, en- I enjoy him. I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy him. Um, I like legitimately enjoy him. I like he's like a fun grandpa and I have a feeling he's yeah. been a fun grandpa like his whole life. He was also someone who yeah, he's also someone him and Gary Oldman were born 60 years old. Correct. Ab 100%. Um so he's there and he seems to be kind of a friend of Vincent's. Um and um so Vincent is struggling with the fact that he can't ever kind of um, be allowed to rise above the state of his uh, genetic code. Um, And especially he's like, he's doing training and he's like trying to do all this stuff uh, because like this thing about having beaten Anton shows like it's not just about your genes, like training matters, skills matter, determination matters, like these things that are not necessarily like purely DNA-defined quality. Um, Yeah. So then there's this moment of frustration when Vincent kind of realizes it doesn't, those qualities won't matter. He still needs this genetic profile. That's Mm. when we cut to seeing he has sought out Tony Shalhoub, who... What is his name in this movie? Hermann, I think, or German for some reason. Oh. That's they never say it, but that's his name in the on IMDb. Hmm. Um, and he's like a black market guy. Um, so unsurprisingly, in this world, where having the right genetic profile seems to open every possible door you could imagine. Clearly, lots of people have wanted a workaround here. And yeah, so, yeah. in the case of Vincent, Tony Shalhoub has placed him or partnered him with 
this guy named Jerome Morrow. Um, mm-hmm. And basically the way Tony Shalhoub is describing it is like, you know, obviously people who are invalid always want these genetic profiles, but sometimes people with great genetic profiles still have runs of bad luck or something happens or whatever. And then they need mm-hmm. somebody in return to kind of take over their life, I guess, in various ways. And in the case, uh, or they don't need it, but maybe, no, I guess, yeah, that's the whole thing is like, Vincent is earning money that both he and Jerome live off of. So I guess that's mm-hmm. why Jerome needs Vincent. Um, so what we so Jerome obviously is Jude Law, and what we see is that um Jerome has had an accident that involves him becoming um a paraplegic, so his legs uh no longer function. Um mm-hmm. But his his genes are still, like, perfect in every way. Um, mm-hmm. And more to the point, really useful for the purpose of what Vincent wants to do, the accident that put him into the wheelchair happened outside of the country, so there's no record of it. Um, oh, which, again, I'm like, so you're that. telling me in this future where your genetic profile matters so, 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 so much, um shared medical records across national borders doesn't exist that seems strange yeah um that does seem strange but nonetheless this is how this works um Mm -hmm. and then we get to see a bit of a montage where tony shalhoub is getting fitting vincent with contacts um Mm -hmm. which the whole point of this is it's like in the world of this movie uh contacts have now become prohibited oh i didn't get that either well not prohibited but like having them would be a clear indicator that you are invalid right so so he's getting fitted so tony schlub is an optometrist and he can make Uh. his prescription because there's that scene where he has those weird you you don't have contacts so you don't know but like when you go in um for an eye test they have you put your face against this weird thing and it's got all the little lenses oh. and they flip them around yes, and they're yes, like, yes. first or like one or two, one or two, three or four. Oh, and yeah. you like hone in on your prescription. Um, okay, yeah. I do know what you mean by that, yes. So that's what's happening here. And then as well, um, so Ethan Hawke's eyes are kind of like hazel, but Jude Law's eyes are blue. So the contacts also are colored so that, Ethan Hawke will have blue eyes. Um, he also fixes um, his teeth and his hair so that he looks, I mean, they don't look alike. They never do, <laughs> but they Yeah, look, I mean, it's like, it's like, I get it, but it's not like, they're not identical. Yeah. And then here's the thing that is like one of the more horrible things in this movie, which is that Vincent is not as tall as Jerome. Okay, this... Okay. Go on. Oh, there's just this part I didn't... I didn't understand. Like, what... What exactly was this procedure they did? So... Like... And if I'm to understand it, they say he's two inches shorter. Correct. Two inches. Two inches shorter. And 
So he has to get his calves, like his calves, I think is where this is happening. That's what it looked like to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Those get cut to jam two inches of bone into each one to make him two inches taller. I hated that. Like, I mean, I, they didn't show it, obviously, but that does not seem worth it for yeah. two inches. Well, there seems like there's got to be another way. And Vincent, I know that Tony Shalhoub says you like lifts won't work, but like, yeah. there's got to be another way. I know Vincent isn't happy about this turn of events, um, <sighs> but this is what happens. Um, and so then the next little bit, we see him in these braces, like only ever lying down. Um, but what he also says is like, once he went through that, he was like, Jerome never questioned my commitment ever again, like through the process. Cause clearly like Jerome sees him willing to go through excruciating pain and the possibility that this won't work. Like, um, yeah. And also, it's like a home fucking surgery. All of this is done at home by Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, I don't know if I got that. That is horrendous. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, while he's recovering from that, Vincent is also teaching himself how to be right-handed. Um, because apparently that being left-handed is also something that's getting weeded out. So I'm sorry to you, Amy, about that. I took I took personal offense to that. So. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So he goes through all of this effort to basically assume Jerome's identity. Um, in the process of this, they the Jerome and Vincent do become a bit closer, and it seems like they kind of become closer over the course of the movie. But this is where we learn that Jerome had been um, an Olympic medal swimmer um, Mm. that he'd gotten a silver medal for swimming. Um, And then I think that will come to be relevant later. Um, Yeah. That's like, as they're recovering or as uh, Vincent is recovering, this is when Jerome also tells him that probably, um, they need to start calling Vincent Jerome and Jerome Eugene, which is Jerome's middle name, um, because he's like, it's, mm-hmm. y- you're me now, so you have to start getting used to this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. So finally, the day comes. Uh, Vincent has recovered. I think also, just as a note, um, I think Tony Chaloub says that both um, Jerome and Vincent are 26. Um, which means effectively that Vincent has about four more years left to go. Yikes. That is. Yeah. Um, but the day has come where Vincent as Jerome is going to go to Gattaca for his interview. And, um, Vincent's really agitated. He's looking for urine samples. He knows that's going to be a component of this interview. Um, and quite a lot of the urine samples that Jerome has provided are contaminated because Jerome is a bit of a booze hound. Um, And so Vincent is like, maybe I should just back out, blah, blah, blah. And like, Jerome is like, no, we've like both worked too hard for this. Uh, You have to go. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is where we see what I implied or intimated before 
the whole interview is just the urine test. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so then when Vincent comes back, he actually says in a kind of like anticlimactic way, he's like, I got it. And then Jerome says, of course you got it. You know, like, so there's this weird, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and then we watch them both begin this process that the movie began with where um, Vincent is constantly, like, I mean, to put it in a metaphorical way, he's constantly trying to erase himself by, like, mm -hmm. scrubbing away every last bit of loose skin, loose right. hair, loose anything that, like I said, we're shedding DNA, like, all the time. And he, yeah. and he wants to not do that. Meanwhile, right. Eugene is collecting all of those leavings um, and his blood and his urine for Vincent. Um, right. And this Ugh, is that is disgusting. I know. And this is when we learn the term called borrowed ladder. Um, hmm. So this this process of like sharing one identity is what known enough in this world. And borrowed ladder. Do you know why it's called a borrowed ladder? No. Um, well, I think I actually saw it in kind of working in both ways. For probably the most obvious way is that. Um, DNA is in a ladder formation, like with links. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I also I thought of it in a different way, which is like when you have better genetic material, it's a social ladder. Like it moves you up. Oh, interesting. In the world. Mm. Um, so mm -hmm. to me, I was like, it's both. Um, <laughs> so that's the end of this very long flashback. And now we're to now. And we're still in a slight bit of voiceover where Vincent is like, all of this work has now kind of come down literally to a hair possibly standing in the way of the life that he wanted because um, one of the directors of the space program ends up dead. And like Vincent sees this and unbeknownst to him, leaves behind an eyelash near the scene of the crime. And... Dun, dun, dun. Yes. And in this world, <laughs> uh, the police, the way they do investigating is just vacuuming every surface of everything. <laughs> um, and we also learn from the remaining director, the one, by, one played by Orvidal, that even though this murder has happened, the mission to Titan will continue to go forward. Um, okay. So that's when back at the house, um, Vincent tells Jerome that he has been selected to go to Titan and they celebrate. Um, but also Vincent tells Jerome about this uh, murder thing. Um, but he's like, I think, I, like, kind of don't worry about it, is the current feeling <laughs> at the moment. Okay. Um, so then there's this weird little moment where we see Irene snooping around um, what she believes to be Jerome's workstation. And she collects mm -hmm. a bit of DNA from it. Then she goes to this place. Um, I'm not, it kind of looks like a future bank 
But rather than like doing anything with money, you go up and you can get an on the spot DNA test of Love it. any genetic material. <laughs> and like what was especially funny is like the woman next to her comes up and she's like, take a swab from my lips. I just kissed him. And yeah. then she's like, run a DNA test on this guy. And I was like, wow, we, you go on that one date intense. and then you gotta like check out someone's DNA. Like that seems yeah, that's quite nuts. And what like, and what would, what would you do with that information? Like you well, I guess test the, if they're valid, you test if what? Like, Well, so this is, so, okay. Um, so we don't really see what happens with that lady who kisses a guy and we don't see the outcome of right. that test. But we see Irene take um, her DNA to the to a different window at the same thing. And then she gets mm-hmm. a readout back about the person whose DNA it is. Mm. And the person who hands her that like printout is like, oh, pretty good. That's a 9.3. So mm. it suggests that People are graded in this system as well. Woof. And I guess maybe even if you're genetically engineered, you still might not have a super high grade, I guess. I don't know. Um, so I guess maybe the implication is, is that like that lady who was just on her date, if the guy, well, we don't know who it is. Oh, I think she says he. Anyway, let's, who cares? The person she was on the date with. <laughs> If yeah. they got a really high rating, presumably that would make her more interested in them. Yeah, she's like, okay, we'll do a second date. If you're, a, if you're like, like if you're clown, six or below, then... forget it. But <laughs> God, um, that is, oof, that would make dating rough. It's bad enough as it is. Like you're gonna add this. I to know. It? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like. Can you imagine you like on your like dating profiles, you'd have to be like, I'm a six or no, like, you probably whatever. would. Like, you probably would because someone would say you didn't disclose this information and that's really inappropriate. You really need to let people know, you know. Um, oh my god, although it seems like, be, like in this a special dating site for invalid people versus valid people, well, be, here's, like, here's the one thing about this world that seems different from our own, doesn't seem like there are dating sites. In this one. Because otherwise, she, why, you know. So that's one good thing. That's true. About this true. world. That's um, true. So, uh, let's see. What do we do? Ba, 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 ba. Okay. At this moment, when uh, Irene is getting uh, who she believes to be Jerome's DNA tested, we don't entirely know yeah. why she's doing that. But that will be re- right. revealed soon. Meanwhile... Um, the police have started doing analysis of all of the various DNA samples that they found um, at the crime scene. And um, it's discovered that there's this eyelash to this invalid person. Um, And this is when we're introduced to Anton as an adult, um, though we don't fully know that it's him yet. Um, did and, you know at all? I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I had, I, because I've seen this movie before, though I don't remember oh. when, um, I was like, I feel like this is his brother. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. uh, but I wasn't totally sure. We will learn that later. The other thing that okay. I thought was interesting about this is that 
The partner of Anton is played by Alan Arkin. Yeah. So there's, like, cool people in this movie, like, all over the place. Um, and also there is uh, someone who had a sort of bit part at a point, I think, was, um, I think his name is Dean Norris, but he was in Breaking Bad. Yes. And I like him in that. Yes. Yep. Um, so, and, and, and in this dynamic, uh, Anton is the young cop, Alan Arkin is the old cop, and mm. the old cop is straight away like, we found this eyelash of this invalid, that's our person of interest. Like, without any, he has yeah. no desire to do any further investigations whatsoever. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Anton is like, well, yeah, but, like, the director of the, I've, he was like, I was asking around, and, like, the guy who got killed, basically no one likes this guy. So, it, like, there could be any, could number, be any of number of people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought this was kind of an interesting statement about policing and police work and then detecting or whatever um, that, you know, predates where we are now in a lot of these discussions. But I thought it was interesting because basically Alan Arkin's detective never lets go of the idea that the only person worthy of consideration is an invalid. Um, yeah. And he keeps coming back to it. And when they even go through later in the movie, they do like a whole round of tests of the entire facility. And me um, and Ethan Hawke, Vincent, manages to get through that without any trouble. And when they get that result, Alan Arkin is like, we should test them again right now. Like, he just won't <laughs> let go of the idea that it has to be an invalid who's done it. And... I mean, you can speak to this, too, because of all of your true crime loves. But one of the things mm -hmm. that I feel like is often really striking when you listen to a true crime show or podcast or whatever, um, mm -hmm. it really seems to me like even one of the people we might describe as one of the best police officers in the world, mm -hmm. even they want to be like, what is the easiest, lowest-hanging fruit way to get out of this situation? Like, how do yeah. we just close the books on this case as fast as humanly possible? Um, yeah, and a lot of, like, I mean, I, I, I would say in um, true crime and also fictional crime stuff that I watch, it's that idea that, like, people are so resistant to let go of their first theory. Yes, also something. that, for sure. And if they feel strongly about it, they, like, so badly need to be right. Like, it's really hard for people to. But, yes, they, they also want to close things really fast. They also want to do the least. Where, like, you know, you yes. hear in, like, missing people stories, um, that stuff, if your family yeah. is not. Oh, if you if go missing, vocal if you family, go missing, you're fucked. You are not getting found. <laughs> Like well, your doesn't... family, your family just has to be like huge ass pains in the asses. And or, like, even really then, big even then, you're not getting found. Like the <laughs> truly, because I listen to a whole podcast about missing women, because that's how I scare myself into sleep every night. Um, that is. But like truly, if you go missing, 
even in this world where it's like the grid and the everything and the I don't know what all, if you go missing, you are fucked and no one is ever finding you again unless it's in a body bag. And that's true if you're 10 and that's true if you're 87 and that's true like if you're a man or a woman or like who cares about like if you're gay or you're straight or whatever like literally it doesn't matter like because people you know it's like the less dead sort of thing like he, you would imagine like oh this beautiful 10 year old white girl with pigtails she went missing we'll put that on the news that should like do mm-hmm. something and it, you get on the news you don't get found <laughs> um, I mean, and the ones and the ones that have been found in the very, very few cases that it happens. I mean, it is sensational because of that reason. Um, it's yes, it's highly unlikely. And there's all types of statistics about people who go missing and being or, you know, kidnapped specifically being dead within the first 24 hours and things like that. And the truth is, there's so many people out there who are creepy as hell. If they don't want you found, not even your body is going to be found. Yeah. And and it is at least partially. I mean, like, I think it's mostly because these people are terrible. But it is also <laughs> sometimes and partially because police are like, what is the easiest thing for me to believe that means I don't have to get up off my ass out of this chair? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Um, and the, and those those easy believable things are things like blaming the family, blaming, you right. know, saying someone's oh, a runaway, ran away, unreliable, yeah. you know, they're yeah, adults, they're a drug, they're a drug addict. Them. They just yeah. got. Yeah, absolutely. So this is very much the Alan Arkin kind of police mold that he's working with. Yeah. Here. Um, meanwhile, we get a reveal about why Irene had tested um, Jerome slash Vincent's uh, DNA. And she tells him, basically, that she had him sequenced. And she did it. She doesn't totally come out and say this, but I think that um, she's jealous of him because he gets to go on this mission. Um, mm-hmm. And this is when she reveals that she also has some kind of a heart condition, though we don't know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I have to imagine it's like not maybe as severe as his, but I don't know. Cause she actually was able to work at Gattaca. So like, right. Is she not, I can't remember. Is she genetically engineered or what? I think the implication is that she must be, but like somehow right, her, cause when he reveals that he wasn't, she's shocked. Right. So but somehow, right. and anyone who's in that program, I think, right, yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Because okay, so maybe going back to this thing of like the scene with the geneticist, maybe it's like we can reduce, like, if you've got a pairing of people where a heart condition is effect- basically like a hundred percent going to happen, maybe we can reduce mm-hmm. that, but we can't fully take it away. Maybe that's yeah what we're dealing with here. Because she yeah. has one um, that is still enough for, in the context of this world to be like, you can't go up. You can only ever mm. work here. Um, mm. So anyway, you know, she's like, I apologize. You know, I didn't, for some reason, she like, you know, this was purely her jealousy. It was not that she suspected him of murder. Um, and then 
she's like, oh, you know, now I've revealed this heart condition thing. And then again, going back to the dating of this world, she clearly thinks this is a deal breaker because she's like, here, you can take my hair and have me sequenced if you want. Golly. Um, like, and the way she says it is like, before you commit to being interested in me romantically, you can have this. And I was just like. You can, ha- you can have my shitty DNA. Yeah, it's, oof. Yeah, but then he does this thing of, like, he drops it on the ground, and he's like, it's cool, I don't need to. Um, I feel like that's sort of the equivalent, what is that equivalent of in our world? Like, someone being like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. The equivalent equivalent of, like, seeing someone without makeup? I don't know, like, what is the equivalent? Like, I, I don't think there is a total equivalent, because on the one hand, you might say... Like, let me see your recent STD test results <laughs> or something. Or um, like, or someone, or someone being like, oh, let me show you my scars. You're going to think I'm yeah. a hideous beast. And then I'm yeah. like kissing your scars. Yeah. Something like ugh, that. I feel ugh, like just, I don't like that thing you just said at all. Something about that really, <laughs> I don't like it. Um, I feel like you've said far worse things than that. I wasn't. No, you know why I don't like it? Because that's like emotional vulnerability. And I don't. (laughs) 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 Okay. All right. Well, the other thing I was going to say that might be sort of an equivalent would be if a person you were dating was like, let me tell you about every previous relationship I had. And, you know, and like what went wrong or whatever. Um, mm. and I would similarly say, you don't need to, I'm fine. Well, that's too I, much information. Like that's just, nobody needs that. I don't think, but yeah, I mean, it's one thing to get like an overview or a synopsis, but I don't need every, I don't need the play by play. No, I would say I actively don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, uh, let's see. We return back to the shared home of Jerome and Vincent. Vincent has really started freaking out um, because at work, like, all of these notifications are going up with his invalid ID coming up. Um, And he's like, look, they found my actual eyelash. I really, we gotta, like, leave town. Um, Jerome is like, no way, no one will ever suspect. This is, like, working perfectly and besides like we're about to get the thing that we've both worked toward over this time um but like vincent is freaking the fuck out so he's like dumping samples all over the place and um basically jerome talks him down and is like listen um we've got to see this through and he seems to have a like much better understanding of how like the the power of his own genetic profile. He's like, they will never suspect you. Like, um, and we will work together to make sure of that. Um, so then, um, Vincent seems to calm down pretty well. Cause then he takes Irene out on a date. <laughs> um, <laughs> where we're watching them go to a concert. Um, where like and we're seeing different scenes intercut between each other so like uh vincent and irene are on the date watching a pianist um meanwhile the cops 
are doing kind of um, a roundup of all the local invalids, um, whereupon Anton gets really upset at Alan Arkin, and he's like, what are we doing? This is a waste of our time. We need to focus on Gattaca. Um, mm -hmm. Then uh, we watch kind of the remainder of Vincent and Irene's date, where we learn that the pianist has 12 fingers. Um, because I bet you that make you a pretty good pianist. Probably. I mean, I don't know. Um, You'd have more reach on that, like, pinky finger. Yeah. Well, and that's what Uma Thurman says, is that the piece that that guy was playing was specifically designed for 12 fingers. Um, <laughs> so th that's apparently, like, a common modification, I guess. I guess if... But then... But then my question is, is like, what if you give your kids six fingers and they have no interest in playing the piano? Well, yeah, I mean, that seems like that's a bummer. It does. Although, I mean, I don't know that six fingers would necessarily hinder you other than like it's going to be tough to find gloves. Yeah. Well, he had his custom made. That's a whole thing. <laughs> oh, God, so expensive. Um. <laughs> Well, I guess maybe you wouldn't only have to be a pianist. You could do anything where maybe, like, finger dexterity or something. Like, maybe being a surgeon or something. Maybe. Or, like, building stuff. I'm not sure. Like, or something where you need to hold a lot of stuff at once. <laughs> hey, I look at know. my What's, son. What job is that? <laughs> my son, Joel. He's just really good at holding a bunch of eggs in his hand. <laughs> like, that could be a job, no? Oh, I like a the juggler like it's a really good I juggler like a clown i'm not sure if i mean i i don't know if fingers help with that or not you could be but... a really good panhandler or street performer Maybe. of various types yeah i don't know i'm not sure what an extra finger would help you with other than yeah like playing an instrument seems to be the main thing yeah so um after they go on this date um we see them kind of like this. I guess there isn't much to the whole kind of romance plot here. Um, but that is, that will become relevant later. So I'm just noting that they go on this date and it seems to go well. Um, meanwhile, uh, back at like the police lab, they keep finding more and more information suggesting that an invalid is, has somehow actively infiltrated Gattaca and again Alan Arkin cop um is like this is it this has got to be the person who's doing this crime but Anton mm -hmm. is like no first of all the likelihood that there's an imposter at Gattaca seems impossible but even if there were we can't be sure that that person necessarily cared to do the crime um and so at this point this was when I really was like oh I think this is his brother that's going to be revealed and the reason that i thought this was because um i was like oh his brother is standing up for him and trying to help him by moving the investigation away from him. Hmm. that's what i thought yeah was yeah happening. yeah oh yeah i think you're right but at the same time later it seems like there's something weird but we'll get there um yeah so then we have, um, hold on. No, no, no. Okay. 
Then we're back at Gattaca again. And um, now Alan Arkenkop has insisted that because they found this other sample of invalid DNA, that rather than doing urine tests, which is what they did before, they want um, blood draws done in front of them. Um, and this is when Vincent has to do some sleight of hand to get uh, Jerome's correct blood into the testing vial. Um, mm -hmm. He basically just switches the vials, which is goes back to the penis problem of the opening bit because <laughs> if he can hide if he can hide a vial of blood in one hand, presumably he could also hide a tube coming down the back of his penis in his hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I think maybe how this all worked. Um. But so they do this blood test. Again, there's no evidence that anyone is an invalid. Again, Alan Arkin is like, let's do the test again. And at this point, the director is like, absolutely not. We need to prepare for this launch that is about to happen in seven days. And what we also learn is like the reason why the director is so adamant about doing this launch is because they only get the window every 70 years. Wow. So this thing has to go when scheduled. Um, yeah. And so that's when finally Alan Arkin starts to be like, maybe there is something more going on at Gattaca, and it's not simply that someone with a different genetic code is inherently more disposed to crime. Mm -hmm. Um then again, um, Irene, oh, we're back on this date with Irene and Vincent. Um, the cops descend at this club that they're at. Um, Vincent somehow knows why they're there. Um, or maybe they even announced that they're going to do DNA tests. I can't totally remember for sure. Um, so then uh, Vincent escapes with Irene, kind of pulls her out of the club, um, and they get away and are hiding to avoid getting kind of tangled up in the sting or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. This is when Vincent reveals that he is not Jerome, um, that he is an invalid, um, and they kiss passionately in, like, an alleyway. Um, and then we follow them to what I think is supposed to be Irene's house where they have this very passionate making out scene in front of a rocky beach shore. Oh, that, that I gotta say, I will say, um, I'm always drawn to real estate in, <laughs> um, and this house was like pretty baller. It was. I think we do get one exterior shot as well. Um, but yeah, that bedroom where like the walls that we could see anyway were all window looking out yeah. onto this rocky shore. Um, absolutely really cool. I would love the sound of waves going as I'm sleeping and as I'm it would waking be great. up. The one thing I, I think always... part of it would be like scary. I'm not going to lie. Like that many windows. Mm, here's the thing. That many windows, in theory, I love. Right. Yeah. That many windows in practice. When you actually are having passionate sex with your weird that, fake I don't identity want lover. 
<laughs> I don't know if I want windows unless there's truly no neighbors, which I guess right. it kind of looked like there wasn't. But it did look, yeah, pretty empty. Um, but the well, what I'd still I was be afraid say, of like a face coming up in the window. Like, yes, I mean, I'm afraid of that in any regular window. Yes, so. I know. Yes, me too. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I've got I've got problems, but that's like my own problem. But. Like, what I was going to say, aside from those, like, I guess we could say personal safety and security concerns, the other thing that I think about with a, a room like that in reality is, like, you need shades because, like, it will get oh, yeah. light in there super duper early oh, and yeah. probably quite hot in there. You need, like, black, you need, like, special, you need... Well, I assume if you've got that house, you're pretty rich because it's pretty good. Again, <laughs> the real estate is like that's high. But so what I what you need is built in full like uh, uh um shoot, what's the word? Like automatic blinds, like full blackout yeah. blinds that come yeah, down yeah. or something. Or maybe in the future, maybe those windows are like tinted somehow and like oh, so yeah. you can like turn like black or something and then maybe it's something like that maybe that already exists in the present i don't know is that a thing is that maybe rich people are i'm not a homeowner and i definitely am not um a glazer so i don't know anything about glass (laughs) i don't either is that what a glass people are called i'm pretty sure oh I bet you that might exist. Glass making people who listen to this podcast, do let us know if that's the correct term. <laughs> right in. Let us know what type of glass products. Like, anyway, that room was cool. I will. Yeah. That was my main point. And then what's really like a puzzler to me about like the, the kind of ending off of this scene. So they presumably have sex. Um, it's the next day, um, Vincent is, like, getting dressed again, getting ready to go wherever he's going, um, and Irene says to him, I know you had something to do with the murder, so, part one, she's a bigot, she too is like, you're invalid, you told me so last night, I assume, therefore, you have something going on with this murder, um, which, uh, gross. Um, I mean, yeah, although I will say, like, <sighs> he's a humongous liar. So well, if yes, someone tells true. me I'm a humongous liar and there's a murder, like, in the vicinity of that person, that's I true. may question that. <laughs> true enough. But also, here's, but yeah. here's the other thing I was going to say. So, you know this person is a tremendous liar and also, because of that, you suspect them of a murder, but you just but let's have had sex with them. Sex with them. <laughs> well, you know, the heart wants what it wants. <laughs> I mean, this, if there's any way that I can read this, it's that women accept almost anything from men and are like, I guess the bar is I, can, low. I can handle this, I suppose, like. Yeah, I just the, the bar is extremely low to the point where they'll be okay getting murdered. I guess. Yes, like, yes, truly, truly. I mean, yeah. like again, here, here, listeners of any persuasion that you are, but if you are someone who is masculine who wants to date 
people who would identify as women. Apparently, all you have to do is be alive and someone, <laughs> someone will accept you as the love of their lives. Wow. <laughs> I mean, truly, you don't, I've seen variations where you could be super duper unattracted, unattractive, super duper out of a job, like be a murderer, be a crime oh, yeah. boss, be a whatever. And some people some, like murderers. Some doofus of a woman will love you and marry you no matter what. Yeah. And in defense of these women, because I, you know, I, well, no, no, no. Like, I, no, you're right. And it's terrible. In defense of the women, I think it's not directly their individual fault. It's a societal system yeah. telling us. You without a man equals nothing. You without yeah. a partner, undesirable. We don't want you. So yes. they will scratch the bottom of that barrel to find that person. Well, I would say even it's I, my read of society is slightly different. I do agree with you. Okay. That's true. Because there's nothing more horrible than a single woman like me. Everybody vomit. hates it. It is vomit. It is a an <laughs> affront to humanity that I exist. <laughs> I can't even look you in the eyes, quite frankly. Yeah, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't because <laughs> if you I do, might catch it. Yes, you don't know yeah. this. This is something that they tell you when you've been issued your middle-aged single woman pass. Um, <laughs> if anyone looks directly into my eyes, I immediately like um make them sterile yeah so uh -huh. i mean i know you don't want to have children but just in case i'm just warning you that's what's well i just like happen. yeah i mean because it means that you're a witch yeah. oh well <laughs> duh <laughs> obviously <laughs> uh i don't save my own period blood for nothing amy come on <laughs> that is gross um uh. surprisingly that gets incorporated into a lot of spells and no, really? I don't actually do spells. We're not getting on this side track, Wait, but yeah, I know okay, okay, that. Okay, okay. I know that wow, from various historical readings. So anyway. Oh, I thought you were um, going to say like things like the show Charmed or something. Well, maybe not there. But what I was going to say is about society and expectations and whatever. Yes, it is true. To be a single woman is characterized still in 2022 as one of the worst things you could ever be. But yeah. aside from that, um, I would say the bigger problem is that society asks virtually nothing of men at That's all. That's true, too. In terms yes, of accountabilities, achievements, like anything at mm -hmm. all. Um, it, the bar is exceptionally low. The bar is low. low. Um, Absolutely. And so, you know, this is, this is what I mean. It's like if you are... A, a person who describes themselves as a woman and wants to be with someone who would describe themselves as a man, um, get ready to let some things go. <laughs> get ready to be disappointed at every time. Almost oh every my God, day. That is so funny. Almost oh every day. Um, oh my god 
truly, truly. I mean, yeah. Oh, you just made me spit all over my mic. Oh my God, that is so funny. <laughs> um, okay, let's get back on track here. Yeah. Um, so she does not care that he's a possible murderer and definite liar. Um, at this point, I'm not even sure she knows what his identity actually is. I think she doesn't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then, um, we're, let's see, do we need to, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we're back at Gattaca, and Anton is there, and he's starting to, he, he has somehow sort of pinpointed that the person who is, identified as Jerome and all of these various files related to Gattaca may very well be his brother, the invalid Vincent. Mm -hmm. um, so he's at Gattaca and Irene encounters him there and uh, Anton is like, I'd like to speak to Jerome. And Irene is like, oh, he's not, well, he didn't come in today. Uh, mm -hmm. She actually has warned him about this and told him not to come in. Mm -hmm. Um... Meanwhile, uh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, meanwhile, Vincent is actually at Gattaca because he's, he's like, almost walked in the door, but she's like, don't, don't prick your finger on this thing. Don't be here. Get going. Then yeah. Vincent turns around and calls Jerome at home, and he's like, the cops are coming to the house to look for you, to look for Jerome. Um, so I guess be ready. Then, back at the house, this is one of the more kind of, like, arduous or, like, hard-to-watch, maybe, scenes. Because Jerome is in the downstairs area, which is all um, wheelchair accessible. But somehow this house has its front door upstairs. Um, yeah. So he had to climb himself up the spiral staircase. To yeah. open the door with like you know like an intercommy button or whatever, yeah, and then hurl himself into a chair to speak to Anton. And for some reason, Irene has accompanied Anton to the house. Um, what type so, of what type of house in the future that a person who is in a wheelchair lives in? doesn't have like an elevator or something or some type of right. it's the future get it together well, I anyway i think the way i would answer it in the context of this world is i think if that there aren't people who have wheelchairs oh i guess you're right you know and so you, that right. wouldn't even be a consideration and i guess the implication which is dark and leading us down the path of where we're going to end up is that if you ended up in a wheelchair, you wouldn't be around for very long after that. Yikes. Yeah. Oof. Um, so anyway, um, then there's this very weird scene where actual Jerome and Irene have to pretend that they're dating because somehow Irene has, like, indicated that to the cop. Um, and so... She comes over and gives him a weird kiss. Then Anton draws Jerome's blood to check it to make sure that he's really him. Of course, he is. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, Vincent has somehow like come into the house from a different 
um, entry point and is hiding downstairs. So then Anton gets called away. And that's when I guess finally the full reveal happens for Irene where Vincent and Jerome are standing in the same room in front of her. Um, and this is when Vincent tells her, like, I swear I didn't kill this guy, but I am invalid. Um, mm -hmm. And that, you know, like, I've been able to rise above my genes, and you can too because of this heart thing that G's got. Meanwhile, all of a sudden, the whole mo movie takes a turn because... Anton is called back to the police station where it's revealed that the director, Gore Vidal, um, is the one who actually is responsible for the murder. Um, and the reason for that is that he and this other guy were in conflict about whether or not the mission was going to go through. And so um, he knew that if he killed this detractor that the mission would happen. And just to remind everyone... The reason why that was important is because the window for the launch of the mission was only going to open every 70 years. So there was like this, like basically like this director was not going to live to see the next round of launches. So that's why right. he killed his rival. So mm. um, it's interesting then basically like, so what happens is we're now into like maybe the final 24 hours before the mission is set to launch. So there's nothing that can stop the launch. So that's why the director confessed. Mm -hmm. And then it seems as though Anton is relieved. But when um, Anton and Vincent finally come face to face with each other, um, Anton's really upset at Vincent. And that's, this was more of a surprise to me than the reveal that it, they were brothers. Because this whole time I'm watching this movie and I'm like, he keeps shifting this investigation away from invalids and back toward Gattaca. So I right. always interpreted that as him trying to help his brother out. But yeah. I'm not sure that that's really the case. Because then when they finally have their face-to-face -face meeting, Anton is deeply upset at Vincent because he's like you're committing fraud like right um so so the fact that he's not a murderer I guess is okay but that's not really why Anton is mad he's upset about this fraud thing and of course Vincent is like you don't actually care about fraud you just are mad that I figured out this way to do this thing and you're also still mad that I saved you on the beach that day um right which then leads to, and this is, I don't really understand men in a lot of ways, um, but this is a real one I don't understand. Because of this ongoing sibling rivalry, they end up back at the beach doing this oh, swim competition again. Um, we should, like, whatever we, I don't remember, like, what we fought about as kids, like. It was probably most about television. <laughs> We should Honestly. like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it wasn't like physical competitions. Um, no, it but rarely, like, I wouldn't. I, mean, I also remember very early on, like, you were a little bit more of a brawler than me. Um, <laughs> because I do have active memories where I'd be like, oh, Amy wants to like sit on my like chest and make me uncomfortable again. 
And I <laughs> wow, that I just makes me sound really weird. I just but didn't, and I just never had the energy for it. I'd just be like, uh. And my like yeah. solution probably was just shouting, "Mom!" Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to like see if there's any comparable like as adults would we like go back to like some of that like rivalry stuff like competition neither of us are competitive in that way so I don't think that it I guess it's not comparable anyway well and this is why I was like men I don't get it because I do feel like not obviously hashtag not all men but um I do feel like like conflict between men particularly men who are family members does seem to like manifest in physical challenges quite a bit That's more true. than it does yeah, yeah, yeah. women absolutely um, but i will say so, also just in general competitive people i think may have more of that stuff going on whether it's physical yeah. or not yeah but yes you're right i think that in in men it does probably and also um, like they're still like if Ethan Hawke is like, well, time has passed, but let's say Ethan, or sorry, Vincent's, Vincent in this, let's say he's like 27, 28. That yeah. would make Anton like 24, 25 or something. Yeah. So they're still young men. So there's still yeah. like that kind of like just useless male energy going around. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is like, let's, let's solve this problem with a physical display of strength yeah or whatever yeah um so then they start swimming it's nighttime as well they're swimming at and night they're like open water swimming at night that, i know you you couldn't think of something i'd want to do less really it's got to be so cold in that water as well it's sharks they, they're sharks yeah well and at one point anton says we don't know where the shore is <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, hell no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, so they keep going, they keep swimming out and out. And then Anton asks Vincent, like, how did you accomplish any of what you've done? And, um, you know, basically Vincent is like, you're always saving energy for the swim back. And I never do that. I just like go for it beyond a hundred percent. Um, and I was like, I don't know if that's a good message to tell people. Yeah, like, and I don't know if I get that. Like in terms, I mean, of you should always be movie. able to swim back. <laughs> you should always. I mean, be able to. Uh, well, it just. I don't know if I get like what that. Yeah, because it, it, I guess what we're supposed to take from that is like I like you said like I give a hundred percent. I'm not saving energy for anything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like. Or, get, seems... or is it, is he trying to say, like, I always tried and you never had to? I mean. Maybe. I don't know. I'm um, not sure if I, I'm not sure I fully understood what that admission was. Yeah. So, needless to say, though, they keep going. Eventually, Anton starts to drown and Vincent saves him again. And this was a real moment where I was like, did some amount of minutes end up on the cutting room floor because then we're back at Jerome and Vincent's house and Irene is waking up inside of her car and Vincent is sitting alongside the car 
It looks mm-hmm. like he's come to from something. And mm-hmm. um, they're talking, and this is when Vincent kind of turnabout is fair play, gives his hair to her to, like, do a, a true sequence of him. Mm-hmm. And she lets it go in the wind, just as he had done previously. Right. Um. They sleep together again. Yeah. But, like, I'm like, so we have this nighttime swim, and then we jump to this, and I don't, like, it's, what happened? Like, I was so confused at this point, but I guess it doesn't matter, because the movie's just trying to be ended. Um, yeah, <laughs> just end because, this thing already. Because they sleep together, and then some amount of time later, um, Vincent comes downstairs to kind of Jerome's part of the house, and he notices that all of the sample equipment has been covered up in plastic. And um, then Jerome opens the fridge, and he shows Vincent, he's like, when you get back from your mission, you have enough, like, kind of samples and leavings of mine for two lifetimes. Um... And Vincent is like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, well, you're going off on your space mission, so I'm going to go traveling as well. Um, and Vincent is happy for him. He's like, oh, that's a great idea. Now, before I continue, I was just wondering, like, so this implies that then when you're on the space mission, you're doing no genetic testing whatsoever in that space? Hmm. That's a good he, point. I mean, he can't bring all those samples to the mission. Right. And it seems to like it would be tedious to do that in space all over the place. Well, you, you couldn't even. I mean? There's it's not a big there's no way you could hide it. No. So No, he couldn't. And there's no way he could and how long are the how long is this mission? I feel like I forget it. A said year. That. Oh a my year. gosh, yeah. Well he's how is he gonna have a year's worth of pee? <laughs> like, there's no way that's he, not going to find just fit him out on the inner on your inner thigh. That's not going to fit there. So no. Okay. Well, no. all right. It's crazy. Fine. So crazy. he's left him this big uh, kind of stuff for, I guess, when he gets back, he'll have it all. And I guess, mm. um, what, and then he gives, um, Vincent a card. He's like, when you get up there, read this card. So, Back at Gattaca, uh, we're now preparing for the launch. Um, there's a new, like, urine test policy where somehow not oh, only is it happening in front of the doctor who's watching, but it's happening, like, publicly. <laughs> okay, this is where um, I'm out. I am out <laughs> of this world. Um, like, I cannot deal. So then there's this final moment where this doctor says like um basically he reveals that he's known all along that vincent is not who he says he is because he's like for future reference right-handed men don't hold it with their left hand okay i haven't i have so much as this doctor needs to gtfo because (laughs) he is gross (laughs) like he is spending too much time like First of all, I'd like to know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. Again, um, I don't have enough information or life experience to answer that with any kind of I, solid I believe th- I believe that that sounds true, but, like, who knows? And people, there's a lot of people who are ambidextrous. Ambidext, I can't say that word. But um, 
you know, this doctor is grody. Yes. But um, he also says that, like, my son really has admired you. And we don't totally know what the whole deal with his son is. But the doctor says our son isn't all they promise. So clearly his son also has some sort of genetic problem of some capacity Mm -hmm. um so in fact the doctor has kind of been helping him along this whole time though vincent didn't know Mm -hmm. um so vincent finally goes on to his mission um we see him kind of get go into the space bridge that presumably is taking him to a shuttle Mm -hmm. meanwhile back at the house like so you're like oh this movie is gonna end on a high note great Great, great. But then Jerome gets into the weird incineration shower with his silver medal. Yeah. And incinerates himself. I don't know why. So uh, there's various moments where it seems pretty clear that the reason I mean, he's depressed, that, right? Yes. Jerome, like, the accident that puts him in the wheelchair, um, I think the implication is that he does that because he got a silver medal and not a gold one. Oh, whoa. Because he oh, says wow. later okay. in the movie, I walked in front of a car. Right. Well, see, this is where some of the... <laughs> there. I guess we've, like, highlighted where there's lots of problems with the whole idea of genetic engineering in this world that they've set up. But it really... <clears throat> it really sets people up for failure in a lot of ways. Because it, genetics only get you so far. Right. Literally only get you so far. And if you're told, like, you're going to be the best... You're going to be the best. And then you're not that you're, you get, you get depressed, <laughs> I guess. Well, clearly know, for just, this guy, yeah. um, and clearly what they weren't able to give him was like the mental strength to deal with adversity for all. Well, like, then there's that, but also like, again, with like the thing about like being good at sports and stuff is you know, first of all, to... who the fuck cares? Yeah, a number one, <laughs> get over that. Like, who who wants to be good at that? But two, like, I, it really does take a lot more than just being genetically. Like, I could have, you know, we mentioned the thing about um, metabolism and like being able to like withstand physical exercise and stuff at the beginning. But like, that would mean I would have to also do that stuff, right? Like, if I wanted to be a runner, I would have to run. If I right. wanted to do be really good at it, I would have to practice. Regardless of my genetics, maybe my genetics help me, like, start right. at a better, like, starting point. But right. like, you could have, practice. like, for lack of a better term, you could be given a runner's body. But, right. that, but what they can't do is give you the desire to be a runner right like they can exactly. just they can just like that's the same as the piano finger exactly man. like yeah he still has um, to practice just because he's got an extra finger doesn't mean he comes out playing mozart like right you know right and that i mean that's ultimately like to me the this is always the real stupidity of any 
of, or not stupidity. This is the fallacy and the fantasy of eugenics or genetic engineering yeah. or any anything that you want to say is like, what we have never been able to understand and presumably what we will never be able to fully parse out is what you are quote unquote destined to achieve by your biology mm-hmm. is only ever a part of who you are as a person because it is not simply like I've got these genetics and therefore this is what is going to happen. It's mm-hmm. like what environment do you find yourself in? Right. And and that is so much of a harder thing to control, truthfully. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and and that's why all of this stuff is so kind of pernicious and fantastical at the same time because the reason people came up with eugenics was because they were like you know what we wish we weren't seeing poor people right you know like what what do we wish we weren't seeing people who aren't white i really wish i wasn't seeing that right now um right and and while so like well there are ways you can try and not see non-white people but like the poor people part i'm like you know, if you if you didn't want to see poor people, you could just do things so people weren't poor. Like, but that's not what and, people want to do. <laughs> and the thing is, though, God, is it so hard to think about what we would actually have to do to like do something about poverty? Like, maybe the people who have a lot of stuff would have to give up like some amount of that stuff. To these other yeah. people you know like that Absolutely. is like something no one wants to do it's no, so no much to give easier. up shit it's so much easier to be like you know though first of all they're poor it's their own fault yeah. second of all it's their own fault but it's not even my fault because it's their genetics that made them this way right you know like so i literally just have lazy. no i don't have to feel bad about this even at all mm-hmm. um and so that's really ultimately the the stupidity of this is like, um, you know, we're going to eradicate these supposed social problems by eradicating the people associated with them. And th- but we do have to do nothing to change our society. And I'm right. like, but okay, okay, let's say you do that. Let's say you literally <laughs> get rid of every person who has some sort of severe mental illness. Cool. I guess then you won't have to deal with that for a year. And then there will be more people who of will course. have it because then more, ba- you know, it's of like, course. Um, until you do something about the reason why people end up in these situations, all you're doing is just killing a bunch of people or somehow mm-hmm. eliminating them only to have new, a new wave of that same thing happen. And of so... Course. Like, you got to come up with something better than that. But it's like, mm-hmm. to do that is so much harder. That's too much work, yeah. And, I mean, and let's be honest. If we're really going to go full dark on this puppy, um, if you talked to any of the people involved in the final solution, um, they would tell you that was a lot of actual work. Yeah, absolutely. Even just to do the simple thing was a lot of work mm-hmm. so you know like all that it, it's just all really completely fucked yeah. <laughs> like to try and to 
because it basically boils down to people wanting to ascribe so much of what a human is to their biology Mm -hmm. when that is just not the way it works Um, yeah so and it wouldn't work really at all but it especially doesn't work for the human animal because of because of our self-awareness because of our sentience because we have a will like that makes the the environment question so much more relevant to what we become Mm -hmm. than other types you know of animals Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so anyway back to good old jerome (laughs) here killing Um, himself kills himself but i think it's not only that he has always been secretly suicidal and miserable about having only gotten a silver medal yeah. I almost wonder if it's too, like, by my death, I am securing that you're, that you will remain in this identity. Forever. Oh, interesting. Like, there will never be any evidence of me. Oh, wow. That would be very nice of him if that were part of it. I kind of thought, like, I wanted to give that's it nice. something a little less terrible. And yeah. I was like, maybe that's what it is, is like. Okay. This, I mean, there's still the, like, there's still many ways that Vincent can get caught. But yeah. I think that perhaps if, if this guy doesn't really, exist. Yeah. Right. Right. I think and plus, that's. And plus, J- Vincent is going to die pretty soon, sadly enough. Well, yeah, because he's also, I mean, Vincent is a real selfish motherfucker, let's face it, because <laughs> he gets onto this mission. That's all he cares about is this mission. Like, it's all he's ever cared about. He doesn't care yeah. about his brother. He doesn't care about this girl. He doesn't care about yeah. the lives of the people he's endangering by going on this space mission with the possibility that he's going to drop dead of a heart attack. It's not, like, he doesn't do, mm. care about any of that. He has to achieve this thing. And the thing is the space mission. And so he opens the card from Jerome on the flight to where where we hear confirmation of what we already know, which is Jerome has killed himself. Yeah. Um, And that's basically it. Um, Movie over. And I wonder if they had a Gattaca 2 where it shows the space mission where he wrecks it. (laughs) I mean, I think to me that's also kind of interesting that like the thing that has so consumed Vincent's motivation for everything is not important to the story ultimately like yeah it it really i mean i really thought reading whatever again whatever uh description was on netflix or something i was like oh god we're gonna be in space here we go uh and and no i mean i was pleasantly surprised by that but i thought even from the beginning when he was talking oh all i want to do is this all i want to do is this i thought that's what we were gonna see yeah um anyway Clearly, we had a lot to say about this movie. Ooh, but let's brother. break it down um, into yawns and eye rolls. Starting off with yawns. Now, as per usual, one yawn means that this movie was very interesting and I was engaged by it. And ten yawns is this movie was very boring and I was not engaged by it. What would you give it? Well, I actually did okay i watched this movie yesterday morning at like 6 30 a.m which is weird Jesus. because 
because I was awake and I was like one of those things where like I didn't have to start working yet, but I like couldn't fall back asleep. So I was like, I got to just watch this movie. And (laughs) normally with a movie that we watch for this podcast, that's like a recipe for disaster. I'm going to fall asleep. Um, True. But no, I got mostly the way through it. I had to like stop it to do some other things for like here and there and get back like the last 20 minutes or something. But yeah, I thought it was pretty engaging. So like a two, I think for me. Mm, mm. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason that we watch this movie now is because it kind of stuck with me from whenever that first time I ever watched it was. Mm. Um, And I do think, I think what the running time is like, I want to say an hour, an hour 46. Yeah. So it's like I know the just... running times because that's what I look at first. <laughs> um, so it is like it's right on the cusp of maybe being a bit long, but it's yes. still reasonable, I would say. Yes. Um, and so and the pacing I thought was good. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah. god. Um, so yeah, I think I might agree with you on a two on that because I think I think it possibly could have had. I think it could have easily been more, like. 135 140 and i think and then i think i would really be like perfect you know yeah totally um two it is and then for eye rolls one Mm -hmm. eye roll is i bought into the world of this movie everything checks out and 10 eye rolls is i bought into nothing of this this was utter nonsense what would you give it it's so tough because like I always buy into the nonsense. <laughs> like, I'm not that logical of a person. Like, I can buy into nonsense pretty quick. But it's like, I sort of would put it in, like, would I want to be in this world? Mm, or, mm. like, so for, I, I feel like, ooh, it's tough. It is hard because eye rolls is, like, it's not very eye rolly, But at the same time, it's not eye rolly. <laughs> God in the same way that some of the stuff we watch is like um it's not ridiculous but it's like i hope this never happens type of eye roll <laughs> fair um, enough okay so i might say like five like right in the middle i guess because i don't really i'm just rambling okay fair enough um yeah i think i might even go a bit lower because really mm-hmm. i I feel like the world makes sense. Like, it all has its own logic. And the logic mm-hmm. never gets disrupted by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the genetic engineering part still is pretty fantastical. So, yeah. Um, and I have questions I guess... about the pee. The pee thing throws me <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> That's really where a lot of our qu- quandaries lie. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think I would give it a three in that regard. Okay. Like there's still some stuff that it, it would be nice to maybe have a little bit more yeah. fleshed out. Apps. Yeah. Um, or it's taking some liberties is maybe a better way to say it. Um, mm. But that's it. So then in terms of the final important questions, did you like this and would you recommend it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it's not, I think I would call it something like science fiction light. I mean, it mm-hmm. was called, it's called the actual, um, uh, what it's, it's 
categorized as sci-fi romance, which like romance is like a little pushing it, but okay. Um, <laughs> but it's it's I think it's accessible. So yes, I I did like it, and I think I would recommend it. I yeah, wouldn't like uh, tell anyone to like rush out and see it or anything, but like. <laughs> But yeah, if it, yeah. That's why it only made twelve million dollars because everyone right. feels it's like, the exact same way. Like it's like oh, watch I like it when that. you want. Yeah, yeah, you I know, like that. That was pretty good. Um, yeah. It went down. Re- I mean, it went down really smooth. I would say, yeah. like, I had no um, like problems with it per se. Yeah, and yeah, so the, I feel the same. I liked it. I would recommend it. Maybe especially, I would recommend it for. Or anybody who's kind of like, certainly an Ethan Hawke fan, because this is a real Ethan Hawke vehicle. Yeah. Um, but because also, like, the whole cast is really, really good. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah. it looks cool. It's got a good cast. The story's interesting. Mm-hmm. Probably almost anyone would feel the same way we do, which is like, yeah, pretty good. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but. Yeah, it's like, good. I don't. I'm not sure what I got from it, but it's like, I don't feel, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Which for you in this podcast is a real That is a win. That is, if I'm not like actively angry about having viewed it, then it's like a good day. Excellent. Well, on that <laughs> note, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Amy. I'm Sarah. And we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.